have we been doing this show? You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. everybody it's the wrestling life it is episode 175 oh my goodness middle of october 2018 i'm ethan and i'm liam 175 ridiculous how many of those do you think were any good i'd say about 60 yeah yeah i think it took us like 25 before it was even listenable (laughs) and then i think we kind of figured out how to do podcasts after that and then say the last 150 some have been good yeah we we've hit our we've hit that uh that thing where we never go below a certain bar anymore and that's that's really all you can ask for yeah that's pretty fair a pursuit of adequacy is what we have here <laughs> so much to talk about this week and so many things we can't talk about start with crown jewel we're still talking about crown jewel um Turkey claims to have a uh, proof that the Turkish journalist was dismembered inside uh, the uh, the whatever the the deal is the consulate in correct in, in the Saudi consulate in Turkey. Yes. This is an international incident. Saudi Arabia claims that it did not happen. Um, A Turkish newspaper or television station claims to have uh, audio recordings of, in fact, the murder and then later dismemberment of this journalist. And WWE is going to go there and run run a show. They've taken a very interesting tactic in promoting this show now though (laughs) yes so we uh we had uh still had world club uh world cup qualifying matches all week on uh, on tv and and still had commercials for the show and uh, of course we had you know we're building up the big dx match and Mm -hmm. they mentioned uh they mentioned the crown jewel show but they're deciding to just not mention where it is they're not saying the word Saudi Arabia on their TV. I guess hoping people will forget. Um, or just, I don't know. At the very least, they don't have up-to-date like audio clippings of them putting over the country. You'd have to go back several months, as uh, John Oliver did on his show this week, where he, uh, during his segment on Saudi Arabia, uh threw in multiple clips of uh of the WWE announcers, you know, sort of lavishing praise all over the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So um it's 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 on the radar. Uh now Fox Business was talking about it. Uh, I mean Sports Illustrated did a piece this week and if you can call it that. I mean yeah. <laughs> 
it was written by uh by our boy Justin Becerra, but uh, where it was implied, and I guess other uh, wrestling reporters have had similar that the wrestlers don't want to go, but there nobody's going to speak up and say that. I guess so. It just feels it feels like it's a very unpleasant atmosphere, but. Um, as it has been pointed out, if they were to cancel this show, they are probably canceling the whole deal, uh, the whole 10-year, $500 million deal or whatever. And they feel that whatever bad press they're going to get is not worth canceling that deal. It's it's pretty simple, right? I mean, that's clearly, clearly the viewpoint. And um, nothing that is on TMZ that is a WWE story is by accident it's it's planted and there was a Randy Orton TMZ story today they you know allegedly caught Randy in a candid moment uh, in an airport and Randy seems like you know a guy you really would like to catch <laughs> if you're like fake paparazzi uh-huh. man Randy Orton's low on the list of guys that I would want to run into in an airport <laughs> But uh, so you know that it's set up because he was somewhat cordial and stuck to the WWE talking points. So they are not overtly going on the offensive, but they have sent out surrogates like John Bradshaw Layfield to go on cable news and they've got their co-opted journalists and PR arms like Sports Illustrated and TMZ where they're kind of floating these stories about, well, maybe it's really not that bad and we should go and help change the world mm. <laughs> with pro wrestling. I mean, really doesn't this come down to something that we discussed maybe in bonus features, more of an actual, the heart of the show, but that capitalism <laughs> <laughs> with each passing day, there are clearly more flaws with capitalism and that, they're stuck in this thing where they have shareholders to answer to and they have a stock price that's inflated and they feel that as craven bottom line only capitalists, they can't turn this money down, but they're a corporation. So what do you expect? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I, but you can't just say that you can't just come out and say, we want the money. <laughs> and we agreed to go, so we're going. Maybe they should do like a hashtag uh, murder is unacceptable. Is murder, is, <laughs> murder is hashtag unacceptable. Yes, we know uh, We know breast cancer is now, uh, is now unacceptable thanks to their campaign this year. So, In, in the words of Michael Cole, it is hashtag unacceptable. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't... This is... It's a gross... Uh, situation and as has been pointed out by anybody this is not this is an extreme example because uh, you know the guy was murdered and dismembered fairly brazenly and it appears yes there is quite a bit of proof of that but I mean this country is I mean people have been in bed with this country this is I mean our current president is not the first one to look the other way and sell them arms that they use to then fund the you know Islamic extremists that they're supposed to be helping us fight against. That's 
something that's happened for years, that's happened with previous administrations, and it always comes down to, it seems, well, yes, we, we can kind of wag our finger at them, but at the end of the day, are we really going to stop accepting you know, hundreds of billions of dollars from them just because, you know, they kill a journalist or two. So there's there's a wider, as you said, a discussion of capitalism, a discussion of foreign policy uh, that can be had here. But yeah, it's there definitely it's not it's not a non story, but it, it appears short of someone on the level of the president of the of the United States calling on them to not go or telling them that it was a bad idea or the state department forbidding them from going, it's going to happen. Well, that's terribly depressing. Speaking of terribly depressing, did you see the hilarious video package on raw where Kane and Undertaker cut promos on DX with like (laughs) cockroaches crawling around them? Yeah, it was real spooky reminded me of a you know a bray wyatt promo or something so horrendous <laughs> it's it's creatively bankrupt yeah i'm that's that's such a perfect word for it too it's like and i and i've heard different people discuss it like even going back to triple h won that match wouldn't <laughs> it make more sense if like undertaker and he won by sean helping him cheat like <laughs> Wouldn't it make more sense if if Sean and Hunter are the baby faces that Kane and the Undertaker win by cheating and then they beat up Sean after the match and then Sean says, hey, you cheated my buddy and you beat me up. Now I'm going to come out of retirement. Wouldn't that make a little more sense? Um, yes, but I told you that this is how it was going to go. <laughs> you did, but I'm... <laughs> There are times on this show where one of us just can't think as <laughs> the way they think. Yeah, I, 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 I hesitate to use the word illogical <laughs> because that logic is in the eye of the beholder. But yes, there are times when one of us just cannot wrap our minds around the way that they think or book, and the other one is like, for whatever reason has the ability to just see exactly what they're going to do. And in this case, I was the one who couldn't see, <laughs> and you were the one who just understood. Yep. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think they're just, they're, they are reluctant to just overtly book faces or heels anymore, and they're reluctant to turn any of those guys heel. Of those four guys, the one who probably is the most fine with being a heel, I, you know, kind of strangely enough, is Shawn Michaels. So it just kind of made sense that that's how this thing was going to go. <laughs> like, I, I didn't know they were going to shoot the angle after the match in Australia. I thought it was going to be like on Raw later, but they shot the angle in Australia. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, even a broken watch is right twice a day. <laughs> Uh, I was worried about that, but um, so Monday Night Raw, they're doing this Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre and Dolph freaking Ziggler against the Shield deal. They're teasing a Shield breakup. They've been teasing a Braun, I guess, babyface turn again the last couple of weeks, and then they had McIntyre lay him out. So maybe that group is going to break up before the Shield breaks up. Is the shield breaking up? Is the McIntyre Strowman Ziggler group breaking up? It sure 
they they didn't leave a whole lot of ambiguity with the ending of Raw. Sure made it seem like a breakup, but the announcers probably weren't sure, so they, <laughs> they didn't really know how to sell it. Um, other than Drew kicked Braun intentionally, and Braun, it's, it's been clear from Braun's promos that he's going back babyface. So I, I don't know. What do you think of this top of the card Raw thing? And um, yeah. I mean, on paper, there's nothing wrong with with what they've done for the most part. We've we've actually kind of praised the the Dean stuff over the last few weeks on our show because, hey, they're telling a story a little bit with him, and they continued that. Although they they did the weird spot in the Shield main event where Dean like almost hit Seth with his DDT, and then Seth shoved him off, and they just started arguing instead. But then they came back later and were friends again and did the power bomb and everybody was happy at the end. So yeah, he kicked him in the gut. Yeah, it was it was weird. So that was a weird uh, bit to throw in there. So I assume the idea is still that Dean is going to turn down the line, but they're kind of doing that hemming and hawing, will they won't they thing that they do with tag team breakup sometimes where they they go really hard with it for a while and then they cool cool it off and then go back to it and then cool it off and then we go back and forth until nobody cares um <laughs> so hopefully they they don't miss the peak with uh with dean turning if indeed that is what's happening here um yeah it, i mean it sure seemed like braun and and uh and the other two numbskulls are are pretty much officially broken up and we're going to get Braun and Drew uh, in a one-on-one match at one of these uh, shows down the line. And here's a, here's a hot take. I think Drew's going to win that match. Really? I think he's going to win it. Cause I think, I don't know what show, if it's the rumble, if it's the February show, but they're doing Drew and Roman, they're doing Drew and Roman at some point. And because this company has a type and <laughs> I think that's what they're going to do. I think Drew's going to beat everybody, and then he's going to be fed to Roman. You know what I think would be helpful? I would like a promo or a video package or something just explaining who Drew McIntyre is, what the hell his character is. He's the Scottish psychopath. But why the hell is he the Scottish psychopath? They say that. It doesn't help me understand him at all. Like, Like, I'm... I'm all for like a new top guy. Great. Yeah. You know, but tell me about him. For <laughs> Is this like the Randy Orton thing 15 years ago where Randy Orton was just all of a sudden on top and there was really no explanation of his character whatsoever? <laughs> it's just, hey, here's Randy Orton. He's a top guy now. <laughs> like, well, well, what, well, about, what about him? Does he? <laughs> well, he's tall. <laughs> he has long hair and a beard. And he's very muscular. Like, I'm... As I said, I'm all for a new top guy. I just wish they would tell me about him. That's, 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 I don't think that's an outlandish request. <laughs> yeah, so he'll be fed to, he'll be fed to Roman at Mania. Probably. Uh, <laughs> if they can't get Dwayne, right? Well, see, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess we could talk a little bit about how SmackDown ties in here. They sure teased Big Dave and, and Hunter. I don't know how much of that was to appease Big Dave and get him to show up. Um, because I think Big Dave wants that match. I don't think Hunter cares about that match, although he sure did um, a nice job in selling that in that Evolution segment on SmackDown. But anyway, I think 
I think if they get Dwayne, I think Dwayne and Triple H is probably a match. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to see it. <laughs> but I just, I, I think that you know, after coming back to endorse Roman and Philly a few years ago, um, I, I don't think, I don't think Rock wants to touch anything to do with Roman with a ten foot pole. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I think he would come back and like tag with Cena or or something rather than work against Roman. I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know. So anyway, I think if they can get Dwayne as Triple H and Rocket Mania, I think if they can't get Dwayne um I mean, they still want to do that Shield three-way even though we did it at some random like battleground or something 2 years ago for no reason. <laughs> I still think a Shield triple threat match headlines a WrestleMania. And this sure seems like as good as any WrestleMania to do that. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I I just have a hard time picturing Dean Ambrose in the main event of a WrestleMania in any capacity while Vince McMahon is alive. I just, he, I just can't see to, that. He used to like him. And then all of a sudden he just beat him on every pay-per-view for like three straight years. Yeah, and then they decided they liked him a little bit again, and they they put the belt on him, and then he called Brock lazy on Stone Cold's podcast, and they decided it was his fault that uh, or whatever they got <laughs> mad at him because he wouldn't talk about his childhood or whatever, and uh, yeah, then they had John Cena bury him on SmackDown, and the Miz bury him, and everybody bury him and call him lazy and complacent and all that stuff, and uh, yeah, then he came back. Nine months later, and he's all jacked. I will say his match with Dolph Ziggler on Raw, I did find to be uh, pretty lazy. <laughs> oh, when, like when he took the top rope face buster and just landed on his feet. Like, like they're smart. Like, I think Randy Orton is pretty smart in figuring out ways not to take bumps. <laughs> yeah. But it's usually just not like not taking a bump on something. It's like not laying out any moves that require to take bumps. Where <laughs> <laughs> Ambrose is just seems like seems like he's just kind of lazy. Could be. I mean, you know, there's probably a reason the guy was the most durable guy in the company for several years. Yeah. Despite, despite working more matches than anyone. And I, I don't know. He's he's a smart guy. But I think sometimes that manifests as lazy. How's that working out for him? Being clever? <laughs> That's a great line. Oh, oh. I used to love Fight Club a lot more, and now I'm not sure how I feel about it. Anyway. <laughs> oh, the movie where the guy with a really good job gets bored, and so he becomes a domestic terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something when you're like a really um, unaccomplished young white man where you watch that movie. <laughs> you watch that movie, and it like starts a fire in your heart. <laughs> but but then you know you live you live a little bit of life. <laughs> And you start to see some of the flaws in it. Anyway, that's that's my take on Fight Club. Noted. <laughs> um, let's see. What else from Monday Night Raw? Oh, Sasha Banks is back. I don't know why she was gone. Nobody I, does. I don't know. What, well, anyway. Do you have theories? I, I think it was just a little bit of asking for, for time off. I, th- I think that's what it was. It was like, look, you're not doing anything with me. I need I need a break. Um, 
heard heard she had a back injury. I I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, that seems like the fact that nothing official ever came out tells me that it was probably more. Hey, I I just I I haven't had a break in th- three years. I'd like a break. <laughs> Good for her. If that's assuming that's the case, yeah. And as you pointed out, not like they were really doing much with her. Um, not- so, yeah, so what are they doing with her and or... I, gosh. <sighs> they haven't done anything with her in like a year. And now, like, I don't know what would be worse. If she's in that battle royal on that evolution show that everyone's mad about or if she's not on the show. <laughs> Well, maybe maybe they'll do her and Bailey and uh, Natty against like Bree and two members of the Riot Squad or something. So now Bree's teaming with Liv Morgan. What? I mean, who who cares? <laughs> I just right. thought that was that was funny <laughs> as part of the 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 uh, the Ronda turn is that Bree turned on Ronda <laughs> so her sister could get a title <laughs> shot, and she at this point gets nothing out of the deal. <laughs> But, it's ridiculous. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, my thought was they, they. I mean, they have that pair of Bailey and Sasha. So I don't know. You could pick two, yeah, legends <laughs> that you're not doing it. You can get like I don't know, Ivory and Victoria or something to have a match with them or something. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what this battle royal is going to be. A lot of a lot of names already announced for that, including like every woman on SmackDown except for the champion. And uh, her challenger, um, not not doesn't seem like they're super happy about. Uh, I know Naomi and I think Peyton Royce and three a couple of the other women were all a little. Uh, were they were all voicing their displeasure on Twitter about it? And I don't know. Are they? Are they? I don't. I don't know what spots exist on this show. If it's going to be, <laughs> you have the four, the three or four title matches. You have the Trish and Lee to tag. You have a battle royal, and then what? Maybe two other matches, and that's it. Like I don't, I don't know how many slots there are. If you if you're not just doing a million like thirty woman tags or something, like I don't, I, I feel like that's that's just a way to get people on the show. And they promise there's going to be like sixty women on this show or whatever. Stephanie said in that first promo. So, oh, where else are we going to put them besides the battle royal? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I suppose you mentioned uh, the women's champ on SmackDown. SmackDown one thousand this week. Um, I th- I think the only good thing on the show I th- was the Evolution segment. I thought the main event was okay. Um, I had higher. I thought Ray looked great, um, I, but I he I had. had I had higher expectations for that match, even well, though maybe if the last five minutes didn't cut off, get cut so that Undertaker could walk down to the ring and say two <sighs> words and then walk back up. <laughs> Gosh, what what do you think of SmackDown One Thousand? I thought it was an all right show. I thought uh, I didn't don't ever need to see Shane and Stephanie bickering on TV ever ever again. But you, I'm going to see it on every big show forever. You didn't. You didn't enjoy the McMahon's coming out to masturbate <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning. The beginning of their television show. Uh, I did not personally. <laughs> um, also, right. here's a thought for uh, hardcore wrestling fans. Um, 
if you generally dislike the current product that, that the company is putting on, maybe you don't give uh, the guy who puts on the show a standing ovation and bow to him when he comes out. We talked about this back at the uh, the Raw 25 show, but it's like, hey, that's your chance. When Vince McMahon is in the ring, that's your chance to, uh, you know, chant your little hearts out and and talk about how you hate, you know, certain wrestlers or certain creative directions. I don't know, ch- <laughs> chant, turn Charlotte heel or something, Adam, <laughs> if you're at SmackDown. I don't know. Like, just that was your chance to be constructive, and you just cheered wildly when he came out. Um, so if you want to know why WWE doesn't really take crowd reactions as a barometer for how to book, that kind of stuff is why. Um, but no, overall, I thought it was a good show. I liked the, the Usos versus uh, Daniel Bryan and AJ, and we were talking about this on the show a few weeks ago. I think for the first time in history, a tag team beat two main eventers in a tag match. It was it was a Daniel Bryan match, yes. <laughs> true, yes. It, I mean, it was Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, but still, they're, they're main eventers on that show. That's true. And, and, they, and the Usos got to get a relatively clean win. They hit a double super kick on AJ and then another one on Bryan and pinned him. And, uh, you know, they played into... Brian and AJ, uh, their their title match coming up at the the show from Parts Unknown, and yeah, and then we had uh, the Evolution stuff, which we kind of already touched on, um, and <laughs> I, big big Dave's incredible. He's the He's man. Just incredible. I love that dude in his freaking red sunglasses. Amazing. He's the man, and uh, I mean it was it was cool. It was cool to see that guy and talked about how it was his hometown how he worked just a few blocks from the arena and all that stuff. And all that stuff came off as super real. And obviously his last run was something of a disaster. So getting him getting to come home, get a hometown pop and, you know, de- depending, you know, who knows what's going to come of it uh, with this Hunter. I do think as, as we've mentioned on the show, uh, Vince doesn't like teasing stuff. He's not going to deliver or can't deliver. So I think there's going to be a Batista and Hunter match somewhere down the line. But uh, yeah, overall, I thought the show was pretty good. Uh, and I guess now we can talk about the the cutting edge segment. Is that what you wanted to talk about? Well, first, I wanted to talk about uh, Truth and Carmella, who are truly great. It's a great act, and the crowd loves it. And it's a legitimate bright spot on WWE television right now. But much like with um, Trish and Lita's appearance on Raw this week, um, you should almost treat it as a nostalgia act. Um, well, I guess maybe I'm I'm kind of saying two different things here. Uh, Truth and Carmella, um, they should be on the show once a week or once every two weeks, and they should do the bit and they should do one dance break a segment, not beat it into the ground with shovels until it's dead. Um, and Trish and Lita on Raw, um, look, nost- nostalgia acts have a shelf life, <laughs> and I mean, even Hulk Hogan one of the five biggest stars in the history of the business when he came back in 2002 after like three months, nobody wanted to see him anymore. (laughs) Like, like there's, there's a time and place for nostalgia, but don't go to the well too many times and maybe stop asking, um, Lita to, uh, cut promos (laughs) on, Mm. on the, uh, (laughs) invoking the local sports team. (laughs) Fair, fair point. And uh, 
I but think yeah, that's... the cutting edge. They brought Edge back to kick him in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, do they? Do they? They don't hate him, right? Hunter hates him. Oh, that's right. Of course. <laughs> got... Hunter hates him because <laughs> he stood up to him. He refused to be booked in a long pro- long term program with him, and he had, had just enough success as a <laughs> as a top guy to have the the pull to to stay away from him did a couple of one-off matches with him over the years but he never did a long program with him because he knew how that would end <laughs> that's and a great story i don't think i'd ever actually heard that and he and he's a tall guy with a full head of hair so weird yeah so he's probably accused of trying to steal hunter's look at some point um you know they're kind of on the ascent at the same time well i guess hunter was always kind of a hunter was kind of already on his way while Edge was still a tag team guy but I'm sure Hunter saw him as competition at some point, and I think that's kind of what all that is rooted in. <laughs> yeah, that, that tracks now that I think about it. And I do feel like they make a point of... Uh, remember that time Seth said he was going to kill him? Yeah. Yeah, they seem mm-hmm. to like... They like to point out how he's like an old cripple. Yeah, they hate him. <laughs> Which is weird, because he was like one of their best... <laughs> he was the only guy who was a, who was made into a star post 2005 yeah <laughs> i don't know i love edge i i i don't like that they just bring him back so they can call him an old cripple and he's kind of a success story he got out of the business <laughs> i mean you know he's physically a wreck but he got out of the business he has a second career now as a you know moderately successful d-level actor on cable shows sure and- He's married. He has a family. He's living in the mountains of North Carolina. This guy should be a success story. He made enough money that he doesn't have to work anymore. <laughs> like this is this is an incredible success. Yeah, but he left. <laughs> he he got hurt. <laughs> but he left them, Ethan. He didn't resign. So they put him in the Hall of Fame, and then now when they bring him back, it's just to make fun of him. Yeah, they, they bring him back to kick him in the balls once every couple of years. I mean, it could be worse. I mean, at least he got the Hall of Fame. Christian didn't even get that. <laughs> that creepy little bee. <laughs> there's there's still time. They're going to run out of people eventually. <laughs> Christian's going to... He'll be like second from the top in like the 2027 class. Yeah. You know, while we're talking about Hall of Famers here, this show's completely gone off the rails. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about how, you know, you made the point of how... If Slaughter, if Slaughter or Snuka could still go, Vince would still bring him back, especially oh, yeah. especially on these nostalgia shows, and probably to work. I was yeah. like, I was like reading results from a show from I don't know, nineteen ninety seven or eight or something, and maybe even later than that. And I saw you know so and so pin Sergeant Slaughter. I'm like, why the hell was Sergeant Slaughter on this? <laughs> and it's like, oh, because he was one of Vince's guys, and he would have. If he could still go, he'd still be bringing it back to work. Remember, like, 1998, he and Triple H had a feud that ended in a match on a pay-per-view? Yes. The boot camp match, I believe. Yes, and it was abysmal. <laughs> that was a horrible match. Yeah, this is this is completely gone off the rails. But that's, that's a larger discussion of just how they use uh, nostalgic talent, I guess, as you... You mentioned with, as I'm trying to desperately connect threads here, uh, as you mentioned with Trish and Lita and how, you know, you don't necessarily want to throw them out there without a life, without a lifeline. 
and you don't necessarily want to and obviously there's been segments with guys like Ric Flair or somebody who have kind of gone off the deep end or forgot their lines or stuff so you don't necessarily want to leave them out there for too long but you also don't I don't know the, the practice of those like mid-level guys or in Edge's case a legit top guy uh coming back uh just to be mocked by you know, insert heel here. And that, and that always kind of bothers me a little bit. Because it's, it's too easy or? Yeah. And it's just like, don't, don't, like these guys made you money. Like. But then they went away. <laughs> but that was like, how many, I don't know. It's just, I don't know like, I always think of that Jonathan Coachman thing where he claimed that, you know, all Vince keeps paying all former wrestlers. <laughs> Right, and all they have to do is show up once a year at WrestleMania and sign a few autographs. Pays them a living wage all year round. He's such such an idiot. And and yeah, I know that and you know that. But that's always the idea in like documentaries and stuff. It's like, you know, Vince Vince loves his guys. And even when they have fallings out there, you know, Vince, Vince still loves his, especially his top guys, guys that he built shows around. Like he loves those guys. And he's, you know, there, there's always like the, you know, there's the shot of, from the night Edge retired, of him and Vince hugging and Gorilla and like that kind of stuff. It's like you want to think that like he does appreciate, or that the people in charge do appreciate those guys. But I guess if one person doesn't like you, then that's enough to <laughs> for the whole company to just be like, let's bring him back and mock him. Very strange. Um, anything else from SmackDown, or should we move on to making fun of Austin Aries? Well, let's move on to that. Austin Aries. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Austin Aries is doing a worked shoot angle in Impact Wrestling in 2018. Where it's 1999 all the time. You know, I kind of thought he got a raw deal in WWE. But now I'm really, I really don't care if I ever see him again. (laughs) I think maybe that's part of it is that he had the attitude of somebody who was a much bigger star <laughs> than he was. Yes. And there's the, and I think I can appreciate the idea of you act you act like you've been there before, fake it till you make it, all that stuff. Sure. Um but he's known for kind of being a dick, right? Like <laughs> Every, he's had problems everywhere he's ever worked. Right. And then at a certain point, you start to think, okay. What's the common there's, denominator? There's a pattern here. <laughs> sure. Same thing with like a guy like Loki or, some, or somebody. Oh. It's just everywhere they've gone, <laughs> they've stiffed a guy. They've gone off script. They've done this. They've done that. They've walked out because they didn't want a job. Like whatever it, and if uh, you know once or twice, if you if you really want, if you're standing up for what you believe in, and you try to get a finish change, I'm not holding that against anybody, or trying to say and you shouldn't fight for what you believe in, or try to you know make a better a better role for yourself on television. But yeah, I think when you just look at the body of Austin Aries' career, most people don't like that guy that have worked with him. So that kind of tells you something. Well, now he's doing a work shoot angle. So, yeah, based on how he's an unprofessional jerk. (laughs) 
I really hope, and that was the other the big uh, impact rumor is that they're talking about bringing Alberto El Patron back. <sighs> and it's like, I'm really hoping, hope beyond hope, that the two of them come back as a duo of unpredictable management feuding, uh, going off script guys. Oh, tremendous. Oh, man, that was, that's... I was like, everything, it doesn't matter who is in control of that company. It doesn't matter how many channel changes or regime changes or name changes. It is always that type of stuff happening in that company. It's always 1999 in Impact Wrestling. It doesn't matter who's in charge. <laughs> you know, let's not make a new guy. Let's just bring in Alberto. <laughs> yeah. Like, not that, not, you, not that you could make a new guy in Impact Wrestling where no one's watching, but... <laughs> You know yeah, I, mean? I don't know. I, I don't think I'll... We need to give Alberto a 53rd chance. Well, New Japan Pro Wrestling has started their Super Junior Tag League. I'm watching some of those shows, writing about them at WrestlingObserver.com. And uh, Chris Jericho versus Evil is going to be on, I believe, the Power Struggle Show, which is November 3rd. Chris Jericho, in fact, will be defending the Intercontinental title. Against we, evil, we speculated about this on last week's show of like where, where it would fit because it seemed like most of the big shows were over. But I guess now he gets to uh, be the top or main event of a of a of a their last big show before Wrestle Kingdom. So yeah, I'm kind of I'm weirdly excited for that match. Like I, Jericho New Japan matches are such such a weird like their own animal thing that I'm just I'm just fascinated by it. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is rather intriguing, and uh, Chris is Chris is still going through some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Posting a lot about how much he loves his wife on Instagram. Well, I don't know. Do we want to blow up a spot here? Or I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's a secret. <laughs> okay. So the word on the street, <laughs> the word on the street is that they're in an open marriage, and. Um, there were some photos of Jericho making out with some chick on, on Instagram about a month ago. Um, not his wife, clearly Chris Jericho, clearly 2018 Chris Jericho. <laughs> Hard to miss. Hard to yeah. miss. Looks like Scarecrow from the old Batman cartoon. <laughs> Correct. Um, you know, lots of rumors about Jericho making it his, um, uh, goal in life to, um, um, share a bed with uh, every blonde woman that ever walked through the door of WWE. Uh, <laughs> but do you remember like when he was like, it was rumored that he was like, right. And he was like riding with Kelly Kelly. And then all of a sudden he showed up on TV with like the ring tattoo. Yes. Like a couple of weeks later, I was like, okay, there's yes. I remember that. Or like after he was on dancing with the stars, I feel like those rumors came up again and right. Well, you know, I, again i'm not look if it's that's that's his business it's his business his wife's business it's not mine that's that's my point is like he's been married for 19 years or 20 years or whatever his wife clearly this can't come as a surprise to his wife she must be you know whatever adults want to do but it's because it is a little jarring when he plays you know good guy chris irvine all the time (laughs) it's just like he's kind of a sleazebag (laughs) He's, he's he's a family man. 
Well, that's the, how do I reconcile? You know, the guy. I guess went, you can be both. Like I don't know. I'm. He's he's sleazy old rock and roll guy, and he's the guy that has his you know adorable children on his podcast. Like I don't. I don't I, know. I guess you can be both. That's that's just part of the enigma wrapped in a mystery, wrapped in a conundrum that is Chris Jericho in 2018. Anyway, we're blowing up Jericho's spot here. On this. <laughs> Uh, sorry chris (laughs) and i mean i don't think i haven't heard anyone's you know like get on any reputable site anywhere and say that (laughs) but you know chris jericho the family man is kind of a myth if you're uh if you're if you're something of a sleuth you can (laughs) you can put together some uh you can connect some dots yeah um, hey, let's wrap this up by talking about war games. The, oh yeah, <laughs> the war the war games have returned. Uh, war games. <laughs> uh, Pete Dunn, Ricochet, and War Machine taking on the undisputed era in the war games. Bob uh, Fish is back. That's right. From tearing his knee to shreds. Um, I don't know. I I thought that war games match was great last year. It was it was uh, chaotic, yeah. It was. A... I do wish it had a roof on it. I know that like it was probably a better match without a roof on it, but it just looks weird being, you know, big open cage like that. But now now I'm nitpicking. Are you excited for the war games this year? Yeah, I mean with those, I mean with those teams, you're like, how can they not have a great match, right? Like, yeah, if they. <laughs> If they all went in blindfolded or something, I feel like they would accidentally still have a you know four and a quarter star match or something. It's just too much talent not to be. But yeah, there's you know when the as as we like to mention occasionally as we're wrapping up here, uh, when the main roster starts to get you down or you know starts to accept money from terrible foreign governments, there's always NXT right, and they they just launched the NXT UK show. Lots of lots of good wrestling to be had, even under the WWE umbrella. Not you know, not, not to even mention all of the great wrestling around the world. Indeed, indeed. Well, <laughs> we've talked about a lot of things we probably shouldn't have talked about. Once again, I feel I've said too much. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, no, we should uh, we should wrap it up. Right, let's go. Until next time, I'm Ethan, and I'm Leo. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. 
Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. I didn't intend to talk about Chris Jericho's open marriage, but here we are. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it made for good. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a sleaze bag. Like he really very clearly is. Like, oh, like I, I don't know. I probably should have connected these dots sooner. You know, super metal rock and roll guy. I don't know. It's just like the cliche of the aging rocker who is just like oh. <laughs> it's like and like, you know, like you said, look his you know, it's that's between him and his wife, but oh, oh man, I mean, you got kids. You know what I mean? Like, if it's just you and your wife, and you know, what I feel like that's different than okay, I can go on Instagram and see photos of Jericho making out with this rando. <laughs> his kids can too. You know what I mean? Like what? Yeah, oh, or like gross. you know, kids gross. who know his kids can see it and bring it up to them. Yeah, it's a little. It's just gross. Scuzzy. Yeah, that's fair. You're 50. You know, you're, you're pushing 50. Can you, can, you, can you grow up? Well, I mean, the band just became, like, really successful, like, <laughs> like five years ago. So yeah. he's, he's got he's to gotta, he's gotta live out that, uh, that fantasy, I guess. I don't know. It's, that's a weird choice. Yeah. Can we talk about Manny for a minute before we sign off? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's go. I just I watched him kick that guy in the leg last night, <laughs> and I was like, "Yep, love me even more." Well, you know, the rules don't apply <laughs> when you're like supremely talented. Yeah, and that sucks for those of us who are not supremely talented. <laughs> but as you, I believe I saw you uh, eloquently say on social media this week, if anyone says they wouldn't want him on their team, they're a, a liar. <laughs> I said a fool or a liar. Yes. Yes. One of the like, two. I just, I don't like, <laughs> yeah, he's a superstar being paid a lot of money and he's going to get paid even more money to yes. play a game and yes. he's really good at it and he yes. doesn't even try that hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's so effortlessly good. That <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. can, he can screw around and still be the best. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, but, I don't really begrudge that. Like, I think everybody's goal should be to work the least hard <laughs> they possibly can in life and make the most money. Whatever the least amount of hard work you can do to be successful in, in your life, that's what you should do. I try to keep on keeping on.